You're listening to the B2B Growth Think Tank, the show that brings you the virtual hot seat where each week my expert guests and I help another business leader by masterminding actionable solutions to a specific challenge they're currently trying to solve in their business. So if you're looking for answers to a specific challenge that you're facing, that if you could solve in the next 90 days would have a huge impact on your growth, send it in to thinktank at thinklikeafish.co.uk and we'll see if we can feature you on the show. My name is Adam King, your host and the captain of the ship at growth consultancy Think Like a Fish. And if you're ready to rethink what's possible for your business and discover the growth strategies, advice and insight to turn this new vision into a reality, let's get started. Hey, Adam here, and thanks very much for tuning in. And as you are, I'm going to make the assumption that you are responsible for generating revenue for an established B2B professional service business, and you're looking to grow your revenue. So what I've got for you, you're going to absolutely love because I've recently released my new revenue multiplier calculator and bonus training where using this tool and following the training, you'll discover how to uncover the hidden revenue opportunities in your business and be able to systemize your growth using seven revenue multipliers that can double your business in 12 months or less. So if you want to go and grab your copy, go to thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash calculator. Now on to today's episode. If you are new to the show and this is your first time, this is this is basically where we take a listener question or challenge and we try and brainstorm some ideas and potential solutions. But really what we try and do is help this person ask themselves some better questions to reach their own sort of solution and, and make their own decision. Um, and this is just one of 38,000 that they're going to make today. So, uh, you know, we'll try and help them out. So today's virtual hot seat question is... Uh, we've decided to start running some paid advertising, probably mostly on Facebook to start with, but it's pretty overwhelming trying to figure it all out. And it's just as overwhelming knowing who's actually good at doing this. And I don't know if I should have a staff member learn this and pay for their training or pay an agency. What would you advise? Now, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess you've got an opinion on this. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down, actually. Let's, let's just do it as a kind of problem-solving exercise, mm. if that's cool with you. Absolutely. Right. So my first, my first, I've got two anchors at the start and end of this, right? So the first thing to bear in mind is just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Right. And I've seen, I've seen, um, I don't know the size of the business that we're dealing with, but I've seen a lot of SMEs literally just follow what they perceive everybody else does. And then you end up in a scenario that you mentioned earlier where the agency looked like they'd be good on paper, but they couldn't do it. And then they blame the creative and they blame the data and things like that as well. Right. So my first question would be, which channel should you be working on, right? And we'll come back to Facebook, but are you just going after Facebook because it's perception? Because you use Facebook a lot, because somebody else said that they used Facebook, but that would be my first thing is why Facebook? Yeah. Um, and if we look at that in, in a broader perspective, is that the number one golden thing that you can do, particularly B2B, is to harvest emails that have been obviously given to you GDPR wise, right? Mm. And there are a number of tools that allow you to do that. The joy of an email is that once you've got it, as long as you're communicating relevance and you understand context, is that you can move people along the funnel and communicate with them forevermore, mm. right? So why would you spend money on Facebook ads when email is still, still very, very, very powerful to do Absolutely. that, right? I think that, you know, to, to sort of um, you know, build on that is, often this is the first uh, the, the first question I, I sort of go back and ask people is like 
as you say, why Facebook? Why paid ads? Is right. this part of your strategy? And therefore, you're asking this question because you've done that work on the strategy. You have done all the identification of where your client is, um, you know, where they where they congregate, how they respond, all that kind of stuff. Or, as you've said, is this because somebody has said you need to do this, or you have been victim of one of those, uh, you know. Um, shouty experts on Facebook that tells that they're basically telling you the only way to grow your business is by using Facebook ads. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, but let's, let's assume that, that Facebook or digital ads is the solution they want to go down. Right. So, do so then what we're going to do is look at the quality of what goes into it. So here's some, here's some key things for, to, to think about and for us to discuss. Right. So I mentioned that we've got um, 300 plus algorithms in the software, right. And we've got a model of decision-making that decision-making model has 296 components about every complex science psychology, blah, 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 you can imagine. However, number one in that model is still the go-to thing for me for pretty much everything I do. And it's one question, what problem do you solve? Mm. Right. And really simple. If you're a clothing brand, you don't just keep people warm, right? It's like, where do you sit in the echelon of that? If you're a food business, it's not just keeping bellies full, right? If you're a software business, it's not just about the fact that you've got a timekeeping HR software, right? Mm. It's like literally, what problem do you solve for people? Cool. A lot of people don't really ask themselves that question. And it's right. very, and it's the surface level um, question. It's, it's kind of like, I keep people warm. I put food in their belly or, you know, if you... If you go out on a night out in Newcastle, you'll realise that not all clothes keep you warm and uh, <laughs> spend a bit of time, um, yeah, watching um, watching TV and stuff and you realise that uh, food doesn't necessarily just fill your belly. It, uh, yeah, it causes obesity. So it, it's kind of like, yeah, why are you doing that? Like, what is it? Right. And from knowing what problem you solve, then look at that list that you've just created about that question. And you've got to look at it based on um, how well known are you? Right? Because how well known you are denotes trust. Right? So in, unless you're doing like like we did some stuff with the there's a business called Pop Sockets, right? Where you can stick stuff on your laptop or on your wall and then you put your laptop on it, right? So they're a they're a, dis, a disruptive thing, it's a relatively cost-effective product, blah, 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 right? So that means that you can tempt people and they'll buy it, and it's kind of like your quick buy, QVC, PayPal checkout, right? But for most businesses, <clears throat> If you're not well known and people therefore don't trust you and your product doesn't fit in that impulse area, then you're going to have to work incredibly hard and have a big budget. So things are possible, but the amount of impressions that you need to get a reaction, you've got to be conscious of how difficult that's actually going to be. So that's that part about it. Then you've got thing, the before you go on, I, I think just again, something to sort of build on that is it's, I think, you know, the, the platforms like Facebook and all that kind of thing, like they, they favor um, product sales like e-commerce and, and all that kind of thing from an advertising perspective because of it being a lot of the um, sort of impulse buy type thing. It's something that people can go through and then they can show that, you know, there is attribution to the ad and all the rest of it. But from a B2B perspective, as you said, like if your strategy is that you want to use Facebook ads to gather email addresses to then nurture, then maybe it is the, the right thing to do, but have you got everything else in place that happens afterwards? Because the attribution on a long complex sale is not necessarily going to go down to your Facebook ads. Right. And that takes us into who for, who are you actually serving? Mm. 
And this is really important. And you answered the majority of it already, actually, where your mind was going, which was cool, is that the way to think about Facebook and any social platform is what is going on in the brain when somebody uses it. Nobody's thinking about work or wants to think about work when they're on Facebook. On LinkedIn, they want to be more focused on work. They might want a little bit of light relief, but they really don't want to think about friends and family and stuff like that. So the brain is conditioned based on its perception of each platform that it's on, right? So Twitter is either trolling or debate, right? <laughs> Just depend on your mindset or your mood yeah. for the day. And, and Instagram is visual storytelling. So even, even though you can do visual storytelling on Twitter, when was the last time that you did anything like that or enjoyed something like that? You don't, right? The brain automates where you go for different things. So if you're selling blockchain and you think that your target market is on Facebook, you might be right, but they do not care about understanding blockchain when they're on Facebook. It can actually do the negative thing that you spoke about earlier, right? Is you can push people away because you can make them annoyed, right? And and how often do we actually search for which brand is this? I, I want to know which brand this is so I can complain about it and be annoyed about it. Mm. So you might have had the perfect solution for me, but the context is all, mm. right? Critical. And that takes us into one of the biggest problems that particularly smaller businesses create for themselves and larger businesses. Mid-market tend to not create as many of these issues for reasons I still can't understand, but it's just, you know, it's just what the That's data the tells project, us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, the, the Facebook ad is not the end game. The Facebook ad is exactly what you said. How do I get somebody intrigued to find out more, to come into the next stage of what I'm going to do? And it's for that reason that I challenge a lot of people, particularly in B2B, more than anything else, is that there's a number of tools out there where you can run incentives and positive games and things like that and harvest relevant emails for people in your target audience. If you do that, then you've got them in their funnel and they're moving all the way through it. Whereas Facebook tends to be more of a bet about the end game. So you need to make it intriguing, but that's still not necessarily enough for what people want to do. Because if you think about what a Facebook ad is, even if your goal is to get somebody's email to move them through the funnel, is that they've got to watch whatever it is on Facebook. They've got to click it. They've then got to engage what's there. Then to give you their email, they're giving you about four steps. Whereas the tools out there that garner email addresses are generally one or two steps. Mm. And the less steps, the better, if that's what your goal is. Yeah. So you can see on a B2B side, my bias, I'm leaning very heavily towards do the email acquisition because that is lifetime value, you know? Absolutely. And and each of those steps is another decision. Like, am I going to continue? Right. And and I think that a lot of people, if there's a, a mistake that I see quite a lot in, in marketing and sales, it, it's it's trying to jump more than the step ahead because that's where you want to go. Whereas actually realizing that a lot of your marketing, it's just to take the next logical play to that action. And that could be as simple as stopping the feed, um, you know, on a, on an email, the subject lines only job is to stop someone from scrolling through their emails and then click it. Yeah. The first so sentence is to hook someone enough to want to read the next sentence. And that's copywriting 101. But I think a lot of the time we, we lose sight of that, that it is a progression. And each time there is a decision to be made by that person on the other end. But a lot of the time we're sort of thinking, right, how can I get them there as fast as possible? And it's, that's all that somebody is thinking about, not understanding that they'll go at their own pace. And if you, if they feel like they're being pushed and it's not relevant to them and all that kind of thing, they'll, they'll back off. And then that's your, you know, that's, that's, that's one of your impressions. It's one of your clicks. It's, it's blah, 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 blah. So it's, it's knowing 
again, it comes back to that strategy piece. Like, what is it you're trying to do? Do you understand the journey that your client's on? Do you understand the emotions? Do you understand X, Y, and Z? And I think that you need to understand that whether you do paid ads, whether you do any sort of marketing anyway. So the question, I think the final sort of part of this was about, do I train someone in-house? Do I sort of take someone outside and all the rest of it? Well, I mean, I... I can't answer that because I don't know what they've got in, in, in house and, and what the skill set and all that kind of stuff is. But I would say before you can answer the questions that we've just sort of posed, I wouldn't do any of it right now. I would be asking myself the question, do I know this fundament, do the, these fundamentals? And only then can you sort of think, right, how am I, am I going to be easily able to communicate this to an agency with a necessarily, with a necessary skill set? And look for an agency that doesn't just use a tool, i.e. Facebook Business Manager, but understands how to integrate a, your strategy, maybe optimize it, help out, et cetera, et cetera. That's when you can, you know, if you can find an agency like that, I don't know. But then if you don't know Facebook yourself and you've got to train, you know, it's like you've got to do the same thing. Like, who do you trust to train? And are you just wanting someone to, uh, to push buttons or are you wanting someone to actually grow your business? Yeah, I mean, it's great points. The, the The main thing for me is that, just backing up uh, what you said really, is that find out about your customer and what you find out about them will dictate where you go. It will give you the answers to it. What you don't want to do is to fall into a trap of thinking that this is a one-size-fits-all solution and only do things on one channel. Um, and my final thing, just to, just to add to the end of it, is another rule, and I call it the Dr. Pepper rule because they used to have a tagline of what's the worst that can happen. Right. And that's where you need to break yourself because the thing that you spoke about is massively what kills business opportunity. That email subject line, the biggest issue that we come across time and time again, bear in mind that our results are 70 to 120% above the industry for all those types of metrics, including open rates, is that the practical mind kills opportunity. So when sitting down to write, the practical mind says, what are we actually speaking about? So it says the practical thing, and there's no intrigue to that. And that's what kills things. And it's a very, very common human thing to do. Um, so again, it comes down to the fact that are we pausing to think? Mm. Sounds so counterintuitive, right? But most of the time we're not actually consciously thinking. If we're not consciously thinking, then we're doing things based on our own bias and selfishness. And I think that a lot of it comes down to just, again, it's kind of full circle. Some of the stuff you covered at the beginning, which is, you know, we feel like we don't have the time to do it. We don't have the time to, to actually sit and think. And we've got that clock in our, uh, in our, in our, um, you know, in front of us every single day and it's subconscious and we feel like we're speeding up and all the rest of it. So actually taking a bit of time and considering this, cause you know, you could argue, oh, it's a, it's, it's a decision. Maybe we'll give it a go and see what happens. Like maybe that isn't an obvious thing to try. It's like, okay, well, if you want to set aside a budget, you know, set it aside, give it a go. Like. Who am I to say that that's the wrong thing to do? If you're willing to do that and you may or may get lucky, but is it repeatable? Like that's the big question because unless the fundamentals are in place, it's probably not. And you might get lucky because a broken clock can be wrong or right twice a day, right? So um, I think that there's an awful lot in there to get. And it's not, it's not a, a, I think a lot of people dive into these kind of things, as you said, too quickly and they just go, Oh, this is what everyone else is doing, so I'm going to do it. So I think the big takeaway that I would like some, the, the person to um, have from this is take a back step and just go for a walk and think about it. Like, where are you? 
is it right for you, et cetera, et cetera. Is your decision based on what you see is required or is it based on what other people are telling you to do? So um, I think it's about, thank you very much, Martin. That was, um, that was a, a great hot seat, I think. And uh, I like the way that you've, uh, I mean, you can see the logic in the way that you think. And that's why I love doing these because different people have different approaches and, and the fact that you approach this as a problem solving exercise, it's fantastic. So that's it for this episode. I hope you found it valuable. I hope you got some great ideas that you can take away and apply to your business to help you grow. If you did, please share it with somebody else that might also find this valuable because they will thank you for it. Also to let you know that I have a podcast gift page where I put a lot of resources that I love to share with my listeners. You can find the links to join the Facebook community there and you can get my book, the Conversational Relationship Marketing and the audiobook version all for free, plus a number of other resources I'll be adding over time on that page. So make sure you head there to thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash podcast gift and you can help yourself to the things that make most sense to you. And if you have enjoyed the show, please make sure you're subscribed. You'll get updated as the new episodes come out. And finally, last favor, please consider giving the show your honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one. They mean the world for me. I love hearing from my listeners and it does help others find the show as well. So if you want to go and do that, I'd really appreciate it. But until next time, have an awesome day and we'll speak soon.